Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Light On, our bi-monthly video series that brings to light the latest and greatest in human capital and business topics. Today, I am joined by experts from our health solutions and services teams to talk about how organizations can enhance the enrollment experience in a post-pandemic world. Employers have even more on their plates as a result of COVID-19, so we're here to discuss how organizations should prepare for this vital enrollment season. Please join me in welcoming Karen Frost, Vice President in Health Strategy and Solutions, and Mike Early, the Practice Leader for Alight Benefits Guidance. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Of course. Now, before we get started, I do have one quick reminder for our viewers. If you're watching us at home and you want to ask a question of Mike or Karen during today's webcast, please put it in the queue box on the right-hand side of the console, and we'll make sure to follow up with you at the conclusion of today's episode. Now, Karen and Mike, let's just dive right in. I think it's safe to say that this year's enrollment experience is going to be different than any other year. And let's level set. Let's talk about the state of the state when it comes to enrollment. What should employers be doing now that we're in a pandemic? What can they expect to be different? And of course, what are we hearing from our clients and consultants as they plan for this year's enrollment season and beyond? So Karen, I'm going to kick things off with you. What are we expecting to be unique about this upcoming annual enrollment season? Oh, thanks, Don. So, you know, this year is really different than any year I think any of us have ever experienced. And, you know, let's start with just the, the time of uncertainty it is for employers in healthcare. Uh, what most employers are seeing is a dramatic decrease in healthcare costs for the first few months of the year. And that's, um, that might be a surprise, but it's related to most of us, myself included, um, not getting preventive care, not getting elective procedures, et cetera. And the big question is what's gonna happen now that facilities are opening again and people are able to go back and get those preventive screenings or that annual checkup, et cetera. We expect that healthcare costs will rise uh, for the rest of this year and for next year. So that's, that's an important backdrop to think about. Uh, though many states have um, lifted many of their restrictions, Many of us are still working from home, as, as you can probably tell from all of us on camera. And of course, we're still getting used to our new office mates. For some of us, it's pets. For some of us, it's children. Um, maybe even a lawn guy that, that uh, we, all, we always worry about is in the background. Um, and others are, are getting back to the workspace. Um, and that workspace has been reconfigured uh, in order to uh, improve health and safety. Um, we can't forget about the economic impact of COVID-19. Uh, and that is leading many of the employers that I work with, and I suppose all of you, uh, to, to really have a focus on cost management. And that's both across the, the operations of the business as well as benefits. And so as we look at that as a backdrop, um, as, and as we prepared for today's call, we thought about, you know, there are lots of you that have tried and true approaches that you took to enrollment. Uh, and this is probably the year that you need to pause on those tried and true approaches that worked in the past and think about how to apply new thinking to this year. So things that you might have done in the past that might be a little more challenging this year are things like a benefits fair. Um, maybe uh, posters or paper communications that you put up in the cafeteria or in um, employee gathering spaces. Even things like employee meetings or informal conversations that you might have had in the past those are going to be a little more challenging this year as you have a more distributed workforce. So as you think about enrollment for this year, um, don't throw away those things in the past, but think about how you need to adapt them just like you did with this year's workforce as you shifted to remote or alternate workspace. 
um, you need to think about those same approaches as you uh, as you think about enrollment for this year. Interesting. That's fascinating. And I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how many things we're making pivots for already. And, you know, the enrollment experience is just one of those things we're going to continue working on. Now, Mike, exactly. from an employee perspective, do we expect them to respond differently this year? Or are there certain precautions and expectations that organizations need to have off the bat? Yeah, big time. I think Karen said it well. The uncertainty is, I don't know if it's an all-time high. I, I read a lot of history and you know, things that Truman has lived through and, and, and individuals in our history, they had real, real uncertainty. But employees are scared. Employees are dealing with, obviously, the COVID situation. They hear all the time furloughs, layoffs, the market's up and down every single day, not to mention the political discord that we all see and are living through. There's just so much uncertainty. So we're in this time where employees really are demanding a type of different interaction with their employer. And we all think enrollment, right? That's part of the title of this, this series right now. So here we are talking about enrollment, but enrollment itself is a transaction that occurs during open enrollment. And in the HR world, all of us, decision makers, consultants, uh, administrators, et cetera, we kind of forget that enrollment as a transaction is critical to our business. It's critical to make the business work but the employee to them, that's just a transaction. What they need help with is understanding all the ins and outs of benefits. It's confusing. There's so many moving parts to this business. Uh, I heard once that, um, I'm writing this piece and I, I found this, this piece that said, only 4% of Americans can define copay, coinsurance, medical out-of-pocket cost and deductible. Only 4% and that includes everybody in the industry and us. So that's really a, a pretty low number. So employees are coming into this confused. They're coming into this um, with this uncertain feeling as we both now referenced. And we have to get out of thinking that enrollment is a transaction. And remember that enrollment is an opportunity to communicate. So employees, I think this year more than most are showing up saying, hey, I'm listening. I want you to communicate with me. Please do so. Use any means necessary. Interesting. So now that we've heard from employers about what they're thinking, we've also heard from what employees are expecting to need. Let's now dive into what strategies employers can take to actually enhance their employee experience. So Karen, I'm going to kick things back to you. How do you suggest organizations change their strategy to better meet employee needs this year? What types of tools and services would you recommend to help drive better participation and engagement? Well, let me start with the advice I give every year, which is First and foremost, think about your benefit strategy and your cost goals. Many of you, many of you tell us uh, every year that you know you have a new strategy and you, you are planning to have people move from plan A to plan B uh, in order to meet your cost targets. And so as you think about how you want to design the enrollment process, the enrollment approach, it's really important that you take that benefit strategy and you match it up with your enrollment approach. It's really the only way that, in, in at least in our experience, we could tell you that you can hit those goals. Um, so, you know, as Mike was saying a minute ago, getting employees to take action and engage in, in enrollment is really the number one challenge. Um, and I know I love this stuff. I know probably all of you on this call love this stuff, but it's definitely not our average employee's favorite activity. And so, you know, thinking about ways you can personalize the communication and the experience overall is, uh, is what we're finding 
to be the key to getting people engaged. So think about it in your own life. Um, just, just this morning, I got a pre prescription refill reminder uh, when I was checking my email. Um, if you go out and you know, insert your favorite movie streaming service, uh, when you go out to that or, or, or a TV streaming service, it, it doesn't just tell you what's on. It says, uh, Karen, here's shows you might like or movies you might like based on everything else that's, um, that I've watched in the past. And so as you think about employees and what they're used to in their everyday lives, they want this similar kind of experience when they're enrolling. And so, um, you know, it could, that type of personalization can take all different kinds of forms. And, um, you know, so I'd encourage you to start as you think about personalization by just looking at the capabilities you currently have. It might be with your benefits administrator, maybe it's us. Um, it might be your health plan. It might be some of your other vendors. Uh, and, and see what kind of tools and resources they have that can help you uh, personalize that experience, make the enrollment successful. Um, some of those examples might be cost calculators, might be comparisons, might be other tools that help people understand, is my doctor in the network? Um, all of those things make it really relevant and me in terms of the experience I want and help me make a really good decision for my family. Um, some employers, uh, as I'm talking to different clients, they are talking about uh, the love of the benefits fair and thinking, you know, I might actually want to think about ways to do a benefits fair virtually. Uh, I know that seems a little odd because sometimes we all like the idea of, um, you know, talking to that agent from a particular carrier, um, getting my detailed questions answered, but a virtual benefits fair could do something similar you might actually use Zoom or another, another approach for employee meetings. So um, as you think about those, um, those capabilities, they're gonna help you not only during this annual enrollment period, but uh, the added benefit is you might be able to use them for new hires during the year, which never get a chance for maybe employee meetings or a, uh, a benefits fair. Um, and then I, I expect that most of you have really refined your communication strategy as a result of the pandemic and the, the remote nature of many of our workforces. And so don't just use those for, um, for broader communications. Think about that for enrollment too. Uh, email, ongoing uh, blog posts or other communication tools that you're using uh, are great ways to, to get people engaged during enrollment, uh, including get, leveraging managers. I know I often uh, have a meeting with my own team during enrollment every year. We talk about uh, what's changing, any questions they might have, um, and it just gets everybody engaged in, uh, in the activity itself of enrolling. Um, and then, last but not least, uh, never forget that there are going to be people that have questions that need to be answered. They might want to talk to you, you might have a call center, um, or, or other experts available, and uh, they, they really need that help to get uh, enrollment decisions or make enrollment decisions that are meaningful to them. Thank you for that, Karen. That actually dovetails great into my next question for Mike. So I know there is a lot of attention right now around personalized and high-touch solutions this year in particular. Can you explain how that enrollment, can you explain that enrollment approach, I should say, and then how does that ultimately change an enrollment strategy? Yeah, it's a very hot topic right now. And when we're speaking to our clients, this is something they're asking us left and right. And actually, it's convenient timing. We launched this year a light benefits guidance. A light benefits guidance comprises hundreds and hundreds of licensed benefit counselors. And the whole concept here is whether it's for annual enrollment 
new hire onboarding, a key merger that one of our clients has made, or unfortunately, on occasion, an offboarding. Uh, those clients need someone that is licensed, that can come in, licensed with health and life and accident, and, and has the appropriate appointments with all those carriers. And, and our team manages all that. But what we're doing is really meeting with all employees over the phone, normally, over the phone. In other years, it's been in person but really giving them guided experience on a um, private environment, an independent consultant that's working with us as an employee, receiving uh, a salary plus um, a bonus on survey results, positive survey, survey results, not product related at all. The whole goal though being, and what I think really carries over into this particular year is that personalization. So the point of a light benefits guidance is that we can go in and have real unique conversations and spend time with employees. Imagine at the employer level, if you could have an extension of your HR team for open enrollment and you could have 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes if necessary with absolutely every single one of your employees, what would you want to say? Benefits will be a big part of it because again, that's the season. We need to get through the transaction as referenced earlier, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more in the corporate strategy the benefit strategy. There might be certain messages that the employer really wants to impart on every single employee. How do they do that? It's a digital plus service solution. And on the services side, we have seen immediate uptick with the light benefits guidance. Employers wanting to bring in this solution and really have us represent, and back to the word impart, impart that message to all employees. It's a game changer going back to the uncomfort of what's happening this year and everything else, if you can have somebody that is meeting with you, that's listing your family items in a private environment, allowing you to bring up PHI, where your employer cannot have access to that information, it's a big deal. And that's big risk mitigation for the employer. So now you're introducing a new and different type of solution with all of your employees at the exact right time. When as said earlier, they are demanding, we know this, they are demanding employees to have that dialogue. They wanna hear from the employer. This is one way to do that. So that's why we've launched a light benefits guidance. It's really been a big deal for us. And um, I think we're gonna see a lot of uptick in, in the next couple of years, but most certainly right now. So digital plus service. Definitely. And it's super fascinating. And I know it seems like a lot to consider for many of our viewers. It does sound like, but from the conversation, both with you, Karen, as well as you, Mike, there are a lot of solutions out there that truly can elevate the enrollment experience, both in a vital time like now and also moving forward in our future. Um, I think that should make organizations at least feel somewhat confident, if not very confident moving forward, that they can be prepared for this annual enrollment period. Um, now, Mike, closing things out, I'm going to keep you in the hot seat uh, a little bit longer. I have one more question for you. Um, if we are expecting employees to be better consumers this year, can you dive in a bit on why and what that result could be like? Oh, yeah. So uh, going back to that article I'm trying to finish, which has become a nuisance, but I'm getting there. Uh, in, in my research for it, I found one really fascinating number. I can't believe the coincidence of it. And it's the number 18. 18 minutes. That's the number of minutes the average American spends selecting their next Netflix show per day. Per day. Oh, that's my family. <laughs> I can't even get my head around that. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's 18 minutes per day to find your, net, your next Netflix show. Okay, 18 minutes is also what I found the average amount of time the average American spends on open enrollment and picking their plans. Wow. So that's 300 five to one ratio blows my mind 
when you think of the cost difference between those two things. But uh, I guess we know what people find interesting and what they don't. So we all know we're not in the most interesting of business, but we're in, most certainly in a critically important business. And that's why I think consumerism is picking up. So going back to everything we've mentioned right now, employees are learning, gosh, maybe I need to spend more than 18 minutes on it. And I don't think everybody has quantified how much time they're spending on that per year, but I do think they've sat down and they've said, I didn't pay much attention to this before. Is the PPO the right plan for me? What is a PPO? They may not even know the right questions to ask. So going back to having a counselor, a licensed counselor that they can talk to or using great decision support tools and our technologies or, or bringing them both together, which we're seeing a lot of employers do successfully right now, this is the year to make that happen. And I think as consumers, they are driving us to meet that need. They're pushing their employer for that. Employers are seeing in their survey results. We've talked to employers that pre-COVID were seeing really high turnover all of a sudden. And it came down to, in many cases, perceived better benefits at a new employer. They were leaving because of that. So education and helping employees understand the true benefits of what they have from their employer is critical. I have to share an example. This shocks me, but um, it's, it's really, I think, relevant today. We had a, two days ago, true story, our garage door broke. And you know, I'm a moron at home at most at home projects. So uh, I was trying to do it myself and my wife quickly realized this is gonna be a terrible failure. So the garage door company came over and they quickly were able to assess the problem and they're fixing it. And this guy was really sharp, he had his act together. And he asked, what do you do? And um, I was COVID, I was socially different, di distancing. I had my mask on and everything else, so no one worried. But uh, I was able to answer his question and I didn't think he'd really care that much after about 30 seconds, but he did. And he dug in and he wanted to know more. And we went through how we help employees, how we help employers, what we do across a light, what we do within a light benefits guidance. And he was totally intrigued. And he shared a personal story. Um, and I found it just heart, heartwarming, scary at the same time. He said, we had a baby this year. He said, our out-of-pocket cost hit our maximum. It was $20,000. We were absolutely totally blown away by it. We were unprepared. We had no idea. And this is actually a large employer that he works for. He was very shocked. And he said, I didn't pick the right plan. I didn't do the due diligence. I just went through click, click, click and went really quick. And I think there's an awakening occurring in the United States around the cost of healthcare. It's been in the news for 10 years, right? But really it's hitting, especially when COVID is creating a fear for folks, when do they go and get their, their services paid for? As Karen mentioned earlier, when do they go for that next visit? I talk to carriers all the time, medical carriers. I've worked at two very large ones you've recognized. I mean, as I talk to my friends there, they're saying, they're seeing the data. Claims are way, way down. It's gonna hit. So I think a lot of people are looking at this particular year, the year of consumerism, to get engaged, to learn about their options, and they need help to do it. Wow. That is, that's certainly a story. I'm one, glad you got your garage fixed. But two, I, think, <laughs> I think that, I think that's just that unbelievable. I already. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, Karen, then in closing things out with you, you know, and I don't know if you have your crystal ball on you or not, so you might have to get it out. Um, but the question is, how can organizations maximize their outcomes post COVID? Well, I think let's start with how do they start? They start with enrollment, and that is really to the journey that they want to be on post post uh, post enrollment. So, yeah. um, as we started at the beginning of this call, 
this year is different than any other year that at least I think any of us on this call have seen in terms of benefits. Yeah. And although it seems very simple, I'd always say start with a plan. Plan with your for your benefit strategy, plan for understanding what your cost and migration goals are, and then align those goals with your approach for enrollment. If you're looking for cost savings, um, if you're looking for people to be better consumers, this is probably not the year to say, if you like what you had last year, do nothing. Um, we would really encourage you to always encourage employees to, to use enrollment as that checkup opportunity. Make sure that the plan, as Mike was saying in his example, has the right deductible for you, your doctor's in the network, um, the out-of-pocket is what you can afford. Um, you know, make that balance uh, for, for each and every employee. Certainly you wanna take enrollment, uh, take advantage of all the enrollment tools and resources available from your administrator, maybe it's us, um, or other vendors uh, that help you optimize that enrollment experience. And by doing so, you really set people up for success in the ongoing year. They've picked a plan, ideally, that, they're, that they uh, believe is a good fit for them, and it gives you an opportunity at the end of enrollment, and, and likely even during enrollment, to help them uh, set them up to use the plan better. That might be uh, tools like uh, an ongoing procedure cost tool or helping them uh, select providers that are really high cost or high quality and um, cost effective. Um, all those things are really important elements of an important enrollment strategy. And of course, it, it goes without saying, as Mike had said earlier on the call, um, that enrollment strategy that combines both a high touch and a high tech experience is really what people are looking for. And it's the best way to make them feel confident in those enrollment decisions. Definitely. Well, I first of all want to thank you both for taking the time to, to chat with us today and to provide this great insight to all of the plan sponsors out there. Um, we are unfortunately out of time. And um, if you had a question today for Karen and Mike, we will make sure to follow up with you at the conclusion of today's episode. But I do want to remind our viewers that if you're interested in learning more about Karen and Mike or today's topic, there are additional resources in your console on the right-hand side, and I highly encourage you to check them out. Before we head out, I want to remind you that we will always be here to shed a light on the latest human capital and business trends. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next month.